I'm afraid of heights. A breaking sign. Why does he scare you? Because he's a zombie and he nibbles brains. Nightmare. Bad dreams. Bad dreams? Rats. One time we were walking to the car and there was a dead rat on the side of the concrete. Well, almost dead, and it was just staring at us. When my mommy and daddy do um a scary face. When when I get in trouble sometimes. A ghost. A ghost? Like a ghost or something? They like do this boo! The tiger. They're super fast and it's impossible to get away from one. <sighs> a weird guy. I'm scared of all bugs. Monkeys, because they're me, and sometimes they steal your car keys. My computer, when I try to log in, it says, something went wrong, please try again later. And it's so creepy. Scary movies, skeletons. Skeletons do this, like this sound. It sounds like nibbling brains. When I hear the smoke alarm, I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, evacuate everyone, evacuate! And then robots do this. They do scary things like this. I am a scary robot. It's funny to look at all the different fears that kids have, but when it gets down to it, are we all that different. I love the one the girl says the air on the computer, that that's her biggest, biggest fear. But what are your fears? Is it heights, uh, bugs, rats, the fear of being alone, the fear of losing something or someone around you? What are those fears that you have? We all have them. They exist in our, our world, even for us as Christians, and troubles do too. All three of our readings talk about that today, how these troubles that we have in this world they exist, that we shouldn't ignore these things. This is our second week now in this great and wonderful series that we have for our summer based on the Psalms. And today we look at Psalm 27 that is uh, penned by King David, an individual who knows uh, just as much as you and I what it means to face attacks, both internally from his kingdom and even externally. However, today I don't want us to focus on uh, King David's problems, or focus on our problems, our fears, our troubles, but to focus on the solution, to focus on looking at these things and how we face them. What is our response as Christians? Because somehow, King David, in this work that he puts together for us today in Psalm 27, he maintains this sense of confidence, and at the exact same time, has such an inner peace about him when we read these words. It's amazing to me because he actually does not only stand in the face of his troubles, but he embraces them. That's weird. I don't think we're taught that. To be able to embrace the troubles that we have, how does he do that? The answer is found in our word for today. Let's review again Psalm 27 verses 1 through 3. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. David's enemies are completely surrounding him. 
he tells us in this text. There's almost this graphic language that is used to describe the brevity of the situation. That my enemies approach to devour me, he says. How interesting. It's the same language we read in the book of Peter when he describes for us the enemy that comes after us, that surrounds us, that great lion, that great adversary, Satan, who prowls, seeking to be able to devour us, to prowl upon us in those times of fear, to devour us in our troubles, to be able to try to capture us. But King David is able to overcome these things. He doesn't hide them. He doesn't tuck them away, but he's completely honest. That's one of the best things in this text is the honesty of David. Uh, We don't always do that. We aren't always honest about the troubles that we have or, or the fears that we have. Maybe we think it'll make us look weak. Maybe we think that uh, people will look down upon us in some way. Maybe people won't listen to us as, as Christians if we tell them that we have trouble, even as Christians. But David still does not deny the difficulty of his situation. Think about it for a moment. How do you respond to your troubles, to your problems? Do you ignore them? Uh, do you suppress them? Do you just hope that they're going to go away? I got news for you. They won't. They're there. They're here to stay. Even Christ tells us that. Our faithful Savior says, trust in me because those troubles are here. That's the context of that gospel message today. The words that Christ gives to us just before he dies for all of our sins. Hear them again from John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Years before this, David has taken on this attitude because of the relationship that he has with God. Even though this army will besiege him, he knows he's surrounded, his heart will not fear. The war break out against him, yes, this life is a battle, even then I will be confident. He's honest about his troubles, he's hopeful in God. How? David knows, and you should know too, that even though our troubles are big, I am not discounting the things that you face in this world. But guess what? Our God is bigger. That's what we got to remember at the end of the day. Even in the midst of these big problems, these big trials that we go through, our God is much, much bigger than these things. And when we know that, we can recognize those elements that David shares, those celebrations that we have. He mentions three of them. Jesus is your light. Jesus is your salvation. Jesus is your stronghold. Trust in Jesus. God can overcome all these things. Let's continue with David's words from Psalm 27, 4 through 6. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Again, put yourself 
in David's shoes this morning. Remember his scenario. Surrounded on all sides by enemies. Horrific struggles that you cannot overcome. And so in that moment, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call upon in those troubles of life? Most of us right now in our head are probably saying, God, good, you're listening. I'm going to call upon God. But what are you going to ask for? What does God need to give you? God, I need you to bring in uh, some tanks right now to get me out of this situation. God, I need you to bring in a, a, a fire-breathing dragon to help me out of this situation. God, you tell me I can ask for anything. God, can you bring in some, some drones right now and clear this problem away from me? What is the one thing that you are going to ask for? What is the one thing that David asks for? Did you hear it? Lord, I want to dwell in your house forever and gaze upon your beauty. David, no, no tanks, no dragons, no drones. That's what you're asking for, David? Look what David does in his one ask of God. He does not ask that God will take him out of this scenario, that God will take him out of this trouble, that God will give him an escape. He actually asks that, God, I know I am here, please be here with me. Is that how you pray? I forget to do that so often. It's so easy to go to God. God, uh, I am facing this right now. Can you please take this out of my life? Lord, my, my wife is going through this right now. Will you please remove her from this situation? God, this is upon my daughter at school right now. Will you please take this away from her? Instead of God, will you please be with my daughter? Will you please be with my wife? Will you please be with me? Will you please be with us. David doesn't worry about those troubles, even though they're big. Bring in God because he is so much bigger. We never ask that these problems just go away. We do ask for God's healing. We do ask for God's comfort. We do ask for God's peace, and we should. But we should ask that God be with us in all of those moments, that we will always have hope and always have trust in him in the face of trouble. Because there are a lot of big troubles in our world. Just this week on Monday, uh, I was scrolling through some different news articles, and there's one that caught my attention. It was a long title. It was entitled, Chinese Christians Jailed for Faith, Memorize Bible Because Guards Can't Take Away What's Hidden in Your Heart. The whole article went on to describe these Chinese Christians, pastors in particular, that were meeting together for a conference with Western, with American leaders, to be able to learn from us. How do you share the gospel? What does this look like? How do you do that? We don't know how to do it. I wrote down a quote from one of the Chinese pastors that was there. He said, we don't understand anything about leadership. We don't understand about Western leadership methods. Could you help us? All we know how to do is to pray. All we know how to do is to believe in God. The only leadership training we give to our people is we teach them how to witness to their executioner on their way to their execution. The, the article concludes with the pastor saying, uh, I will not pray for you as Chinese Christians because I need you to pray for me. Think about that. Even in that 
moment of such great troubles. So what is that trouble that surrounds you now, that enemy that is going after you? How are you addressing that? Do you allow distractions to consume your, your thinking and to overtake you? Do you feed into the troubles that are around you and allow them to at some point conquer you? Do you allow that devil to gain ground, coming to be able to devour you as God fades little by little? Or, or in the face of death, do we shout for joy, even in that moment, unto God, telling about his great word, the beauty of his son, the one and only thing we need? I know it's difficult because we live in this world with this paradox of being a, a saint and being a, a sinner all at the exact same time. A people who have the inheritance of heaven literally in our hand, but these troubles of the world that are blocking our face. And it's difficult when we face them. King David, too, knows of the shortcoming and, and knows that he is fallible in this equation that God gives to us. From Psalm 27, 7 through 9, King David writes, Hear my voice when I call. Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. God, my Savior. David is a sinner. He makes no excuses for his words, for his thoughts, for his actions, for his inactions. He comes to God and says, Lord, I need you. Do not be angry with me. It doesn't matter how well written this psalm is and how beautiful it flows off of our tongues when we have this time of reader and congregational response. Remember who this individual is. He is no poster child for purity. King David is a, a liar. He is an adulterer. He is a murderer. He's a, he's a sinner. But so are you and I. And so when we hear these words today, I hope that you can connect with them. I hope that you can say, I am, I am just like that too. Better yet, I can be just like this too. That I can know that God, yeah, yes, it is, is truthful. I am a sinner, but guess what? You are a savior. You are my savior, God. I will trust in you and your promises. And by this, our faith will be enabled to face any of the troubles in this world that come at us. David describes some of those troubles at any and all costs. From Psalm 27, 10 through 13. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes or false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I will remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Be confident, King David says. Uh, the Lord will never, ever abandon you. King David says, uh, my father and my mother, they could abandon me, but God will never forsake me. God will still receive me. And maybe that's the, the truth for some of us here today. Maybe you had a father that was absent in your life. Maybe you had a mother that was neglectful. Maybe you had a son or daughter that ran off and left you. 
Maybe you had a, a friend or a spouse that turned their back upon you. King David goes on, it's more than just those relational efforts that these things happen in. There are two other troubles. Oppressors that come up against us. Foes that seek to harm you. People that will bear false witness against you or spout malicious things and accusations against you. All of us have probably become victim to that at some point. Maybe at work, maybe in the office, uh, maybe at, at home. Maybe, unfortunately, even here at our own church at times. But in any and all of those things, King David says we press on. These troubles do not dampen our faith. I will remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. In any situation, he says, in times of peace and in times of war, when I'm surrounded by my enemies, when I'm surrounded by my friends, when I am forsaken by others, and when I am forgiven by God, I will see the goodness of the Lord. And we can all be, become confident of this because we know how this story ends. We see in Scripture how God prevails for us. In fact, in the book of Revelation, John gives us that glimpse, that vision that he has of heaven that you and I look forward to. From Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4, uh, John writes, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Over and over again in Scripture, we hear about this great truth that God triumphs on our behalf, that his people will once again be fully restored so that we can look upon him face to face, that we can live a life of perfection, a life of peace, a life in the presence of Jesus that gives his life so that we may have life. And in that moment, Tears will all be wiped from our eyes. Whatever troubles you're facing today, death will cease to exist for those of us who have experienced death recently or will experience it in the future. That word mourning will not even be in our vocabulary any longer. That pain will be a thing of the past. But, but until that moment, we patiently wait for Jesus. In fact, those are David's closing words of wisdom. From Psalm 27, verse 14, he writes, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Can you say those four words with me this morning? Out on the count of three, let's say, wait for the Lord together. One, two, three. Wait for the Lord. One more time. One, two, three. Wait for the Lord. So... When we battle the fears of life, say it, we will wait for the Lord. When those troubles surround us on all sides, we will wait for the Lord. When it feels like we just can't take any more and that our life is going to break, we will still wait for the Lord. And until Jesus comes back again to wipe those tears from our eye, to take death away, to remove all these troubles, you and I will do that. 
we will wait for the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these wonderful words that you have gifted unto us. Uh, we thank you for your gift of communion today and your son's body and blood. We ask that we will be strengthened, Lord, to be able to uh, pause and wait upon you, to recognize and be honest about the troubles that surround us, but to know, Lord, that even though these things are big, that you are bigger. Give us hope. Uh, give us your goodness. And allow us to be able to dwell and look upon your face at any and all moments, knowing the victory that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.